My name is Zach Como, and you're listening to the My Tech Decisions Podcast. said my name is Zach and I'm your host. By now in what is now 2022 we have all heard about what is being called the great resignation and the massive repercussions it has for the corporate world. That trend is continuing as a record 4.5 million Americans quit their jobs in November according to recent data from the Labor Department. The world of technology is no different, as staffing shortages in IT and cybersecurity are making it really hard for organizations to adapt new ways of working and secure their infrastructure. To talk about that is Mike Hamilton, the former Chief Information Security Officer of the City of Seattle and now holding the same role as cybersecurity firm Critical Insight. Mike and I talk about how the Great Resignation is impacting cybersecurity how constant IT turnover weakens an organization's security posture, and how companies can work to retain talent. Before we get to Mike, here's a quick reminder to subscribe to the My Tech Decisions podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google to hear regular interviews with IT experts that can help you make the right technology decisions for your organization. And now here's Mike Hamilton. All right, we now welcome on Mike Hamilton of Critical Insight. Mike, thanks very much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. So we are talking about um, the impact of the great resignation and and um, the uh, finding IT and, and cybersecurity talent. Um, so what are your thoughts here? How hard is it to find uh, IT and cybersecurity talent right now? Well, it's getting worse. You know, there's been a talent shortage for forever. Um, and now all of the changes that we've gone through with the pandemic and all of a sudden everybody's at home and, you know, you read these articles about tech workers do not want to go back into the office and, you know, cybersecurity professionals in particular have a high degree of mobility. And so they're exercising that mobility. So that's exacerbated the problem. Um, I would say that, um, you know, there's, the talent needs time to build experience. And as we are, you know, churning people through this assembly line, every school in America has got their brand new cybersecurity degree program. You know, they need some time to actually come up to speed. So part of the problem is that the, the entry level practitioners need to build some chops. So as our bench strength is coming up, uh, you know, that's, a, that's good, but it's going to take a while. Part of the problem, too, is the burnout because our threat surface has expanded a lot. And, you know, we come into these log4j vulnerabilities and the exchange vulnerabilities where everybody's got to drop what they're doing. Everything's hair on fire. You know, that happens a few times and, you know, people really do start to get burned out. Um, you know, I think, too, and I've read this recently, um, as employees are considering whether or not they want to stay in their current jobs and, you know, maybe they have one foot out the door, they become careless. And so the number of incidents as a result have ticked up. 
Um, and, and I'd say too, that it's not just, uh, security, it's IT. And so there's a lot of churn in IT right now and IT churn hurts security. You know, right. the security people don't do the patching. They transition that over to IT. And so when all that is, uh, uh, you know, bubbly, uh, that doesn't happen with the rapidity that it needs. And then, and then finally, the federal government is scarfing up resources as fast as they can which kind of, you know, continues to freeze out the mid-market in particular for right. access to these practitioners. So all of those things are happening right now. And yes, it's becoming more and more difficult to find qualified practitioners and to retain them. Um, so why, why, are, why are they leading? Is, is it just that burnout? And um, can you talk maybe a little bit more, you know, about what is leading to that burnout? Is, is it just the, the, that increased attack surface or... Um, this is something about how we're treating IT and cyber folks. Well, um, largely, so um, the the um, the cyber job that is on the top ten list of fastest growing jobs in the country, as published by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, is a cyber analyst. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the only one on the top ten. And why do we need cyber analysts? It's because when we're managing risk. We've done everything we can to reduce the likelihood of bad outcomes. And we do that by the application of preventive controls, firewalls and email filtering and all these other things. And once you've exhausted your ability to buy down risk through adding preventive controls, you need to focus on minimizing the impact to these things, right? Preventive controls will fail. A determined actor will get around them. And so there's this hail of alerts uh, that have to be reviewed by analysts and there's all these technologies on a network and they're all chatty. They're all going, look at me, look at me, look at something's going on. And after a while, you know, just that kind of gerbil wheel of investigating and clearing things as false positive when there are thousands of these things every day, you know, that tends to burn out the, the, the analyst role. And then on the other side, uh, 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 another very popular job that gets hired as a, a cyber role is that of assessor or auditor, right? GRC, compliance auditing, things like that. And right now, because of the dearth of qualified practitioners and the inability to have somebody on staff to do these things, consulting organizations are getting hit real hard right now. And I can tell you in particular, if you want a penetration test from us, we're talking about March. So oh. everybody is super, super busy right now and it's kind of an integrated problem. The inability to bring practitioners in puts a lot of pressure on managed services and consulting, and they're getting burned out. Mm. Wow, yeah. So it's really the, uh, the entire um, entire e- ecosystem right now is burned out. Yeah, and you know, it's uh, it, it, there. There is no sign of it letting up either. Yeah. And so again, with the mobility that people have as you know a cybersecurity practitioner. You know, they're considering, do I want to work for a managed service company? Uh, you know, do I want to be a consultant or do I want to work at a corporation where I go to the same job every day? And I, you know, this, this grinding, this crank of, you know, evaluating all these alerts. And, and so people are considering all of their options right now. And it may, you know, shake out soon. You know, 2022 is coming up and we may get a little better, but uh, I'm not seeing it. So what can organizations do to you know, help prevent that burnout and, and keep folks around 
um, you know, uh, longer and keep them engaged? So the so one thing that we focus on uh, a lot is retention of our resources. And um, we do that in a number of ways. Number one, and and this applies to everybody in this business, is mission focus. You you know, if you're going to a job where you just turn in a crank and you get paid, you go home, you drink beer. I mean, that's one thing. But if you feel like you are working in something that is valuable and you are doing a good thing for the world, um, you are a lot more satisfied in your job. So mission focus is something to to concentrate on. Providing opportunities for mobility, because as I say, there are a lot of roles in, you know, the cyber business. And if we have someone come in as an analyst and they decide they want to get a certification and become a red teamer, a penetration tester, we provide that pathway. Or you want to build the hardware that we ship out to our customers for the on-prem device. Or you want to be a communication specialist and talk to the customers and advise them uh, on incidents or events that are going on in their network and help them work through that. So we provide uh, a number of pathways there. Um, a big one, people don't want to go back to an office, right? I mean, in the 20th century, right? Here's our building. And if you live close enough to here, you can work here. Okay, that's that's out the window. Everybody is going to work remotely. And we got to figure out how to way to do this securely because especially analysts that are working remotely, they have to touch customer data. And so we have worked very hard on um, getting auditable controls in place so that that works. But providing uh, that remote work rather than saying, well, get in your car every morning and commute to our building, that helps with retention. Um, And then I would say the establishment and the promotion of community. We are in this together. Lots of recognition, you know, uh, facilitating get togethers so that people can talk to their peers, learn more. Uh, all those things are things that we do, uh, but you know this is one of the things that we need to focus on right now as a, a country. These two things: number one, the availability of qualified practitioners, and then number two, the retention rate. You know, making them sticky. So, for um, an end user organization that, at X Corporation that that uh, might not have the the cyber chops that that you know companies like yours has, um, you know, what what can they do specifically to? Maybe uh, maybe lighten the load a bit on on those folks just to keep them, um, you know, alive and not not burnt out. Well, I would I would really focus on their IT folks. Um, you know, in a lot of cases, and, and again, especially in the mid market, IT is security. Yeah. And when you're when you do it that way, you're doing IT and security subpar. So I would say, you know, considering managed services and letting the companies who, 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 who are going to be those focal points for the mm-hmm. qualified practitioners that are unavailable, especially if you're talking about, you know, rural counties in the middle of the country, a rural hospital, you know, yeah. in, in Iowa, they, they, they can't hire anybody. There's nobody there. But if we can change the calculus around this and we can make it so that you can work remotely. And if your quality of life is defined by rural Iowa, knock yourself out, do that. And, you know, the, the, the additional benefit there is we start to squirt salary into these places and people start to see, oh, I can have a tech job and not have to leave the place I like to live. Right. That starts to change things. And so we are highly engaged in exactly that. Um, through our Pisces program, where we're creating better qualified practitioners by exposing them to live fire data while they're in mm-hmm. school. Yeah, can you talk more about that program? 
Uh, sure. Uh, so this uh, program has uh, been uh, under development for about 10 years. I started this when I was the uh, CISO for the city of Seattle. It started as a regional monitoring project. And what it is now, Pisces is a nonprofit that I started, and I have a bunch of co-conspirators in this. And what we do is we do no-cost security monitoring for down-market local governments, so cities and counties that are, say, sub-150 employees. Mm -hmm. And we'll, we'll, we'll do security monitoring them for free. And the metadata that we collect from their networks, right? So it's just network flows and IDS alerts. We don't get any content, can't read your email, nothing like that. It doesn't come over to our commercial SOC operation. It is uh, made available to currently five universities who are all teaching the identical curriculum and how to be an analyst. And what they do is they sit down in front of this live fire. This is critical infrastructure in your state figure it out. And when they roll off that assembly line, and we have a certificate program in development now, they can substantiate that they have not only an education and possibly some kind of certification, but they have operational experience as a SOC analyst. And that differentiates them from the rest of their competitors that just took a bunch of tests. Right. So in that way, we raise the bench strength of the country. Um, and the uh, again, the additional benefit there is and, and this is what every school in the country has told me as I've talked to them. Our intent is to uh, uh, employ our graduates locally, right? To affect the economy locally. So it's fine, you know. Uh, one of this, one of our schools is Alabama A and M. It's an HBCU, and people like living there. They don't want to. They don't want to move to the West Coast because this yeah. is where I saw. If you do well in the Pisces program and differentiate yourself and, you know, we hire you, you stay right where you are. Knock yourself out. That's your quality of life. Go for it. So these are the ways that we are trying to move the needle. And I'll say that we're we're partnered with the Department of Homeland Security and Pacific Northwest National Lab on this. Um, and uh, we uh, have been doing this in Washington for, as I say, quite a long time. Uh, we just opened up a Pisces chapter in Colorado and Kentucky is next. Great. Yeah, seems like that's uh, that's a really worthwhile program. Yep. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, the the deputy CISO of, of Fordnet just wrote a column uh, in Forbes today about how uh, the the great resignation could actually uh, potentially benefit cybersecurity, since a lot it's not just IT and cyber that they're leaving their jobs. It's every, everyone is yeah. you know leaving their jobs, and um, cyber is the industry that needs people the most right now. Um, so there's a lot of people looking for a new career. Um, so I think that it's, it's actually a great opportunity for, for cyber to build that, that, that career pipeline. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I would agree with that because there's a lot of roles in information security, cybersecurity um, that are not technical. And, yeah. you know, it, uh, for example, um, and, and this is the big secret in the industry, um, the role that gets paid the most in cybersecurity is sales, selling mm. the product. Yeah. And so if you are, you know, reasonably technical and a good communicator, a sales engineer, just somebody who travels along with a account director, a sales representative and does the technical talking. Um, but again, there's uh, uh, a, a number of roles in doing things like uh, creating uh, tabletop exercises and conducting security awareness training, right? You just need to be a good communicator. So there's a lot of roles like that. And I do think 
that as people are shopping for their next gig, um, th- this is worthy of consideration. Right. Great. Um, Mike, I think that does it for the, the questions I had. Unless there's anything else that you wanted uh, our readers to know. Uh, I don't think so. I just, I will say that, you know, this, this, uh, the, the great resignation is exacerbating an existing problem and we're going to need right. to work our way through it. Right. And we need better qualified practitioners, more of them, and we need to make sure that we can retain them better. Very good. All right, Mike, thanks for, thanks for stopping in. I appreciate it. All right. Well, I appreciate the opportunity, Zachary. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the My Tech Decisions podcast, where it's our mission to help you make technology decisions for your company. If you would like to learn more, head to mytechdecisions.com or follow us on Twitter at mytechdecisions. You can also follow me on Twitter at ZWcomo. Until next time. <laughs>